commence, though, today's program talking about this summer of strikes with the noted labor leader, Kurt Peterson. Kurt, good to have you back on the program, sir. How are you today? Good morning. My pleasure, Tavis. Thank you for inviting me back on. It's good to have you on the program. Let me start by asking just a broad question. How would you frame this summer of strikes that we are in right now? Yeah, I mean, we're clearly in a wave of uh, labor unrest and um, stemming from, I think, actually the pandemic. I think during the pandemic, whether you were a grocery store worker or a auto worker or a Hollywood worker or a hotel worker, um, that pandemic um, showed workers that um, while they were in pain, laid off or doing double the work or, or watching their, their families die from COVID, at the same time, um, CEOs were uh, you know, doubling their pay um, and, and earning more and more. And coming out of it, I think people are just hungry. And, and frankly, they're desperate in a certain sense, because if we don't make more, we won't be able to stay in our homes. So I think that has led to this historic um, wave of strikes um, from Hollywood to, to now the auto workers. Um, it, it has spread across our country. I think we're in a really, really special moment. Was this predictable, Kurt? Well, I, I think it was predictable in the sense that um, inequality, as we know, um, the rich are getting richer and those who work are, are not keeping pace. And inflation, of course, has added another added element to that. So I think it was predictable in the sense that um, workers were falling behind. Um, I think the pandemic just accelerated and exposed those, you know, that, 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 that you know, the anger um, of people and, and, and the dramatic um, differences in what people are making. I mean, when people are, you know, living, buying two or three houses and others can barely afford to pay their rent, um, there's something wrong. And that has been, of course, unfortunately, endemic in our economy. But I, I do think the pandemic just brought it out in a way that has made people furious. I mean, our members, our you know, room attendants to bartenders, I've never seen them more active, more militant, and more determined um, to, to, win, to win their fair share. How would you respond to folk, Kurt, who say that, uh, to your point about the pandemic, what the pandemic really did was to make American workers even lazier. Those PPP checks made a lot of folk lazy. Um, what came out of that is what we now refer to as the Great Resignation. Folk were getting more from those PPP checks than they were getting uh, from their full-time jobs. So that ultimately what happened was that the, the, the pandemic made American workers even lazier. Yeah, look, I think that's a, a, a silly analysis. I think what really happened during the pandemic is that employers got enormous subsidies, um, paycheck protection program from um, the federal government. Hotels received $14 billion in subsidies to, quote, keep themselves afloat. Not a single CEO or upper C-suite manager lost their job. Meanwhile, you know, hundreds of thousands of hotel workers lost their jobs and were scurrying around doing gig work and everything else to keep themselves afloat. We saw here in Los Angeles, you know, more than half our members are, are thinking about or have actually moved um, further and further away from their workplace in order to find more affordable housing. Um, people didn't get lazier. People are working really hard. And when they came back from the pandemic, what they ended up having to do is work even harder. Um, you know, people showed up and they were um, had to do more work, not less work. So this idea that working people became lazy, it, it's insulting, it's offensive. And frankly, the folks who made bank during this pandemic are the C-suite, the CEO, uh, you know, folks. And that's why auto workers are on strike. That's why hotel workers are on strike. And that's why actors and, and writers are on strike. 
For so long, the uh, the political refrain uh, regarding the labor movement in this country has been that labor is on life support. Well, apparently, uh, labor is waking up in all across the country. As you heard Kurt say a moment ago, from Hollywood to, to Detroit, uh, workers are striking and fighting back and saying that enough is enough. Uh, just getting started in this conversation about this summer of strikes with Kurt Peterson. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. Unapologetically progressive. progressive. Unapologetically blind. Black, black. You're tapped into Tavis Smiley. Smiley. Made fresh daily in the Mert Park, Los Angeles, California. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. You're listening to Tavis Smiley in dialogue with Kurt Peterson, longtime union activist uh, who currently serves as co-president of Unite Here Local 11. Um, Kurt, uh, I'm, I'm wondering... Um, how you feel about these uh, declarations. Uh, as I mentioned moments ago, there have been declarations for quite some time now about the death of the labor movement. Were those declarations premature? Yeah, I mean, look, I, 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 there's no question in the private sector the uh, unionization rates are at a, are, are low. I think it's like 8% it's higher in the public sector. But um, and, and there's reasons for it. I mean, there's the, the, the migration of manufacturing to other countries, the, the, the our feeble and inept labor law, and the employer's desire, and uh, and, and to, to destroy unions, honestly. But I, at the end of the day, um, workers right now are standing up in numbers that have, haven't been seen in decades. I mean, the number of workers on strike, um, the number of workers who are trying to organize, whether it's Starbucks, Amazon. Um, it's, it is remarkable. I do think we're in a moment. And moreover, that the Gallup, the latest Gallup poll showed that 70% of Americans um, support unions. They believe that unions are a solution for inequality. And I believe that too. And I think workers at this point, especially in Los Angeles, where they can't, you know, where rents are out of sight, people can't, can't, can't afford to live in this city. Um, I don't, there's no choice. I mean, either you stand up and fight or you move out. Um, and folks are, in my view and in my experience, are standing up and fighting. Um, why do you think that in these um, uh, strikes so far, um, the, 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 the side of the owners, the management side, has been so unrelenting? Uh, I hear the point you make earlier that 70% of Americans believe that unions are a good thing, and yet um, there seems to be no, um, uh, no relenting in the UAW strike at the moment. Uh, they've said that if something doesn't happen by Friday, they're going to step it up. We know the the, the strike here in Hollywood, uh, where this show uh, is flagship, um, is unrelenting at the moment. Um, so if everyday people, 70 percent of us, believe that unions are a good thing, why is there so little progress, so little progress that is being made in these negotiations? Yeah, I mean, I'd point to a couple success stories. The Teamsters won a historic agreement for UPS drivers, th- over 300 workers, will receive, I think it's a, you know, $5, $6 an hour raise. I don't have the numbers right in front of me. Um, so there, there's an enormous win there. I also think that um, Hollywood, I mean, that is about, you know, whether or not writers are going to be able to write or whether computers are going to write. And they're at, a you know, this existential moment for their for their careers and for, you know, journalism and the work of honestly that you all do so well. Um, and so I think owners realize that this moment is important to them, too. If they lose control, if they allow workers to win, um, they will, uh, you know, I think they're going to know that the, the next fight that workers are going to demand more. So I, I think we're at this moment where the owners get it, too. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, the, the fight is on. 
Um, you know, the solid area is an all-time high. That's the other thing I'd say. It's, it, here in L.A. in particular, between, you know, the writers, the actors, the hotel workers, um, the solidarity, the, the, you know, being at each other's actions, walking the, the strike line together. Um, we have members who are, you know, front desk agents at a hotel and, and, and they're writers in the Writers Guild and, and they're on strike in both places. So I, I, I think owners are going to fight um, because the demands are so high and the consequences are so you know, significant. So that doesn't surprise us. Um, this is what they always do. Um, but we believe, you know, as we always do, that we'll, 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 we'll last one day longer and we're going to win. What does this uh, summer of strikes mean for the perennial fight for 15? Yeah, I think 15 is kind of done. I think we got to go to 25 or 30. Mm -hmm. Um, We're passing, uh, trying to pass laws here in Los Angeles, as is SEIU for healthcare workers, for $25 an hour minimum wage. Um, You can't live on $15 an hour in Los Angeles or any urban area, I would argue. 25 puts you in the ballpark of maybe being able to, you know, pay for a decent apartment if both both spouses or partners work. Um, But that's what we got to be shooting for. 15 is, 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 in the, is in the past. We need 25 or 30. I'll just say that room attendance, Tavis, room attendance in housekeepers in New York hotels make $40 an hour. Room attendants here in Los Angeles make as little as you know, $20 an hour. Um, that's got to change. I realize New York is a you know, higher cost of living, but we're real close. And the only difference is that those employers here um, are resistant to giving those wages. It's not that they don't have the money, it's that they won't give it. So um, it can be done. Um, we have examples of it, and um, but 15, uh, we can't be talking about 15 anymore. What does, again, this summer of strikes mean for organizing? You mentioned organizing efforts um, at an all-time high. But what's it mean, ultimately, you think, in the future for organizing in, in L.A., in New York, in Philadelphia, in Chicago, in New Orleans, across the country? What's it mean for organizing in the days ahead? Yeah, I think those who don't have a union are feeling the same pressures as those who are fortunate to have uh, and belong to and, and, and be members of a union. That is, they're feeling the crunch, the economic crunch. They're feeling the increased amount of work that they're being asked to do as we come out of this pandemic. And they're also feeling that um, if they don't change things, you know, there, there isn't much of a future here if they don't get more. So in L.A., I mean, we've gotten more, um, you know, outreach from workers than I've ever seen in our my career in the last 30 years. I mean, I, I saw a worker the other day on the street who had a housekeeping uniform on. I had our strike shirt on and she came up to me and she said, I work at this hotel. How do we join? Um, I don't think that's happened in a long, long time. I, if anything, these strikes have lit a fight under all workers that they can actually do something. Um, and, and restaurants, too. We're getting workers from restaurants saying, hey, how do we start this up? Um, so it, it's really exciting. It, it's fascinating. And I think it's an historic moment, hopefully an inflection point. I can say in L.A. that if we don't get enough wages so that people can live in their homes, the housing crisis that we have right now will get worse and worse which it seems impossible, but if that will happen, people need to earn more money, period, flat out. Yeah. Um, the, the data is starting to indicate that these strikes all across the country are impacting the economy at a level not seen in decades. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, I think there's some that argue that it will spur on inflation, that as wages go up, you know what, I'll start worrying about that when CEOs have to cut their pay. 
I mean, the, the auto workers are very clear. They're saying, look, CEOs pay is increased by 40%. We want 40%. Here in the hotel industry, the CEO of Hilton makes $10,000 an hour. A room attendant at a Hilton makes $20 an hour. We need to cut that, 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 that ratio down. That It's not right that someone makes 500 times more than somebody else per hour. That is not how our society can and should be built. It's not sustainable. So let's, when we see that the CEO pay starts coming down or that ratio starts decreasing significantly, then we can start worrying about the, you know, whether there's a deleterious impact on, on the economy. Right now, we, the money is there. We're looking for our fair share. Let's talk about that CEO ratio. Um, there's no doubt about the fact that over the years, the ratio uh, between CEO pay and worker pay uh, has just it's 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 expansive, and has continued to grow for decades now. And yet, just because I want to play devil's advocate here, what's your best argument, Kurt Peterson, for why CEO pay and worker pay should be should be uh, should be equal, um, should be equivalent? And I, and I and I ask that in part because I've been both. I've been an owner and I've been a worker. Uh, and as a worker, you take a you, you you know you come to you 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 go to work every day. You you do your job, and for that, you ought to be paid a fair wage. As an owner, you're taking risk. You're putting your money up, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, give me your best argument for why CEO pay should, in fact, be more equivalent to worker pay. Yeah, I mean, if you look at countries where which have less inequality and have. Um, less poverty, honestly, and less unhoused, such as you know Western European countries, Japan. It's, uh, the, the CEO ratio, the ratio of pay to CEO pay to worker pay is much much lower. Um, I think it, it, it number one, it, it improves morale of all workers because when we tell workers some your, your CEO is making ten thousand dollars an hour, they suddenly their morale goes down. They're not as likely to work as hard. Number one, number two, it's just on. Fair. It just the, the inequality breeds. But I, but I, other but I, but I'm the, but I'm the owner, Kurt. I'm taking all the risk. I'm giving you an opportunity to make a living, but I'm taking all the risk as the owner. Well, the CEO doesn't take that much risk, right? He has shareholders that he's responsive to. So um, I, I hear you. If it's an entrepreneur who's doing something unique, some some project that they're doing, and they put all their money, but that's not what CEOs do. They rotate around from one company to another. These boards are hardly independent, and they just uh, you know pad the, the CEO salary. Sure, if the sh- stock price go- goes up. Then, then that's how they they they, they increase their wealth. Mm-hmm. However, um, if if stock prices go up at the expense of workers, then our communities break. Our mm-hmm. communities become less livable. We have higher crime. Parents, uh, too many of our workers have two jobs. I don't know how you go from one job to another. Sleep an hour in your car between mm-hmm. jobs. When do you spend time with your families? Like, how is this good for our society? Mm-hmm. The pro- I guess if CEOs made a lot of money and every and, the, and their workers made a lot of money too, I wouldn't have a problem. with The problem is that the the workers don't make enough. They don't make enough to provide for the families to spend time with the families, and we all pay for that. You can only live in a gated community for so long, and that's what they do. But as soon as they step out, they're all you know subject to whatever happens in our society. Yeah, um, let's talk about the politics of uh, of uh, this summer of strikes. And I don't want to color this too much. I want to give you as much room as you need um, to uh, um, to to express yourself. But clearly, we are in a political season. The presidential uh, primaries are literally just around the corner. I mentioned today is uh, National Voter Registration Day. We'll talk to uh, Andrea Haley on the backside of this hour about today being um, Voter Registration Day in this country. Uh, but broadly speaking, how do you color? How do you see the politics? Um, on this summer of strikes? 
Yeah, look, President Biden is probably the most pro-union, pro-labor, pro-worker president in the last 40 or 50 years. Um, I respect him. I, I, I think he's trying. Um, I think, um, however, um, it's, it's, it's not enough. I mean, I, I, you know, just weighing in on, uh, on different labor disputes and trying to settle them is good. Um, we need a president like FDR who, who walks the picket line with workers. Mm. I think that would show where uh, the president actually stands. The other thing I'd say is, sadly, as we all know, the Republicans um, with their economic, you know, their fake economic populism, um, are drawing um, unionized and, and working class people to their side. Um, and that's because the Democrats, even though he has the rhetoric, um, they don't often walk the walk, um, meaning they don't increase the minimum wage. There's not a fight about that. You don't hear about that in Washington. I get it that Congress is dysfunctional, but that's not the, that's not the fight that's happening in Washington, D.C. right now. It should be. You don't hear about um, the president and, and, and his staff, you know, again, walking on picket lines with workers, um, being there literally with them as they fight. So I, I think the Democrats are, you know, missing the boat on this one, uh, especially now, um, as you said, when we have this wave of strikes and discontent and inspiration to people are inspired to want more. If, mm-hmm. the, if Biden could tap into that, um, he'd be on his way. What I fear is that the Republicans and Trump um, they're smarter, they're shrewder, they're liars, and but yeah, but but they they figured out how to how to use the cultural issues to draw people in, and then you know talk about China as if they're magically going to change everything, and that's unfortunate. So I close my eyes as you were talking about Biden on the picket line. I'm, I I can see in my mind's eye the president on the picket line. Um, optically, I get your point. Politically, strategically, what would happen in this election season were he to do that? I think it would show um, working people where he stands. Um, There's nothing more powerful than seeing someone who is important in our society with a picket sign in their hand walking with workers and and, and being in that camaraderie and solidarity. I I think he needs to do it, honestly. Um, Barack Obama actually walked with us prior to him becoming president at a strike we had in Chicago, Um, and and, and that was meaningful to us. Our members never forgot it. We stood by him in Nevada and every place else he went. Um, I think um, the president here has an obligation right now in this moment, as you have articulated, to stand with workers. And what better way to do that than, mm. than to come out and walk on a line? I mean, the, the vice president, bless her heart, she she uh, has, has avoided some of our struck hotels here. She you know put out a, a message. It would have been great. We had asked her. We said, hey, come on and walk with us. She mm-hmm. couldn't do it. But um, I, I just think that would be powerful. I think that would send a message. Rhetoric is one thing. Walking the walk is another. And if I if I said to you just again, playing devil's advocate, that Biden doesn't have to do that because when it comes down to Biden versus Trump, y'all gonna support him anyway. You're gonna canvas for him anyway. You're gonna give him money anyway. You're gonna vote for him anyway. Why put himself out there optically and strategically to get whack a mold by the right for doing it when y'all ain't got nowhere to go anyway, Kurt? He's going to get whack-a-mole by the right anyway. It doesn't matter what he does. He, yeah. he gets, they blame him for the rain, for the storms, for the floods. It doesn't matter. What this is about is how does he appeal to working-class people, where when Democrats are having a hard time with that. Stepping up and being on their side. It, it, again, you can give a speech, but if he walks those picket lines, I, I don't see what he has to lose. I mean, sure, the right's going to – what are they going to do, vilify him more? It's <laughs> impossible to do that. But what, what we're talking about is folks and, you know, working-class people, and they're not all – you know, brown, but Latinos are moving, unfortunately, the wrong way. We've seen this. 
in Arizona and in the Midwest, we need to have him stand with workers right now more than ever. It would be in yeah. his best interest, and it would refocus the conversation on what matters to people right now, which is, how am I going to pay my rent? Yeah. Um, here's my, my exit question with 60 seconds to go. Um, is this summer of strikes sort of a, uh, an outlier, or do you see this as the new normal in this country? I'd like to think it's the new normal. I, I, I mean, it, there is a you know question of you know there's a labor shortage right now, so you know we have more leverage. Working people have more leverage, um, and unemployment's low, so there is that. But I, I have to believe that or I have to believe that this is going to catapult us into more and more fights. It's, it's clearly caught on union after union. It's not just in unions, as we talked earlier, Starbucks, Amazon, etc. So I think it's going to continue. I know here in Los Angeles, I'll just speak for Los Angeles. We're looking to the World Cup and the Olympics. Our city's going to be on the main stage of the world, and we want uh, workers to have their fair share because if they don't. Those events won't happen the way everyone's hoping they will. Tip O'Neill once said that all politics is local. So whether you're in L.A. or Philly or New York or Chicago, New Orleans, uh, Dallas, Houston, uh, anywhere, um, these strikes uh, this summer have gotten all of our attention, and I think uh, deservedly and richly so. Kurt Peterson is a longtime union activist and co-president of Unite Here Local 11. Kurt, good to have you on. All the best to you, sir. Tavis, keep up the great work. You're really, you're really doing amazing stuff. Thank you. Likewise. Thanks for your time.